everyone. I'm Dr. Nina, Executive Director of Toba Community Health. We're back for another Toba Tuesday. And I'm so excited because, as you know, I bring over to you and share with you local leaders in our community that are serving our community to improve our overall health and well-being. And today, I'm really excited because I'm having one of my students from Delaware State University, who's also a Strata a scholar um, from the Delaware State University Foundation talked to us today. And I want to welcome Kennedy Hainsworth to Toba Tuesday. How are you today? Hi, Dr. Nina Anderson. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So you can just relax and we're going to have a great conversation. So Kennedy, you come to Delaware State University from San Diego, California. So you left the beautiful weather of San Diego to come to Delaware. Tell me about that. Right, I am um, from California, um, born and raised there. It's great out there, but um, I always believe that there was more in life than where you come from. There's a whole world to serve, actually. So I chose um, Delaware State University because I, I wanted to go to HBCU so that I could be around people like myself who look like me and, you know, get to know people who are going into the same field as me that look like me as well. So I've always wanted to be a nurse. Um, as my mom suffered from an injury in her spine, um, well, compressed nerves in her spine, I had to take care of her while growing up. So that always um, pushed me to want to be a nurse to help other people as well because I know the struggle personally um, from what my mom um, experiences. So I think that's fantastic. And I know you're going to have a great career as a nurse and you're a great student who's very academically sound. So today I wanted to share with our community a little bit about of your project that we've been working with um, during the semester. And the title of your project that we worked on and you worked very hard on is Non-Opioid Alternatives in the Treatment for Acute pain management. So um, today, uh, our viewing audience is going to have the privilege to hear Kennedy's presentation. Um, so I want you to sit back and enjoy this great presentation. She worked very hard on this, and I am sure she learned a lot. Okay, Kennedy, I'm going to share the screen, okay? And then I'm going to advance the slides for you, okay? Okay. So just hold tight. What's going on here? Let's stop the share and I'm going to go back again. Can you see the slides? Yes, I can see the slides. It, um, mm -hmm. It's just not in present mode. Okay, so, and this is the one of the other great things I find in a student because they can always help you stay up with the <laughs> technology because I'm sure I struggle with this at times. Can you see your screen? Yes, I can. Thank you. All right. Kennedy, take it away. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. As Dr. Anderson mentioned, I am a pre-nursing student here at Delaware State University. Um, I work for honor on this project with the help of Dr. Anderson. It is called Non-Opioid Alternatives and the Treatment for Acute Pain Management. Here in this slide, I am helping out um, doing sickle cell, straight, uh, sickle cell trait screenings for total community health. <laughs> Okay, so the problem is that opioid abuse and overdose are on the rise here in the United States. And according to the CDC in 2020, 
um, the drug overdose deaths occurred, uh, nine, sorry, 91,799 drug overdose deaths occurred in the United States. And 30, um, the age-adjusted rate of overdose increased by 31% from 2019 to 2020, which is terrible. 31% is well over the percentage that we want. We want to decrease and not increase. Um, in 2020, Delaware, Delaware's drug overdose range category was from 21 point one to fifty-seven with a forty-seven point three per one hundred thousand people in Delaware. There were four hundred and forty-four drug overdose deaths in Delaware that were reported. And overall to say there's an opioid abuse and overdose problem causing people to die. And there's a big economic impact that imposes and decimates our communities. Um, combating this problem is cumulative and very costly for society. So the epidemiology, uh, based on demographics from the 2020 National Survey on Drug Use and Health, among people 12 and older in, the tw in 2020 in the United States, 3.4% misused opioids in that past year. And the percentage was highest among young adults, 18 to 25, at 4.1%, which is 1.4 million people. And that range right there is the class range for college students. And that's that's where all of us are getting our groove into going to the world and help people. So this is a really big problem. Followed by that age is 26 and older at 3.5%. And the most people who used opioids in the past year misused prescription pain relievers. So it wasn't off the street, it was prescribed to them. So a brief literature review. So this is the research that Dr. Anderson and I worked on. We, we reviewed these um, literatures. So one was um, effect of a single dose of oral opioid and non-opioid analgesics on acute extremity pain in the emergency department. So there was a randomized clinical trial that included 416 patients, and they, they tried to compare the efficiency of four oral analgesics in the ER for acute extremity pain. For that study, there was no statistically, they found no statistically significant or clinically significant differences between a single dose treatment with ibuprofen and acetaminophen, or with three different opioids and acetamin combination um, to reduce pain at two hours. The next study was with naproxen, with cyclobenzaprine, oxycodone, and acetaminophen or placebo for treating acute back, lower, uh, lower back pain. And this was also a randomized clinical trial. So in this clinical trial, for treating acute low back pain, compared the functional outcomes at and pain at one week among patients randomized to a 10 day course of one naproxen plus placebo or two naproxen plus cyclobenzaprine or three naproxen plus oxycodone slash acetaminophen. Uh, the clinical trial conduct concluded that adding opioid with acetaminophen or muscle relaxant to naproxen did not improve the functional outcome for the patient's pain at one week follow-up. So for this one, we studied acupuncture compared to morphine in the management of acute pain in the emergency department as well. 
Um, the success rate was significantly different between the two groups, 92% in the acupuncture group versus 87% in the morphine group. Um, the resolution time was 16 to 8 minutes in the acupuncture group and 28 to 14 minutes in the morphine group. There are more care, more literature reviews. Okay, um, randomized controlled trial of paracetamol and ibuprofen with and without codeine or oxycodone as initial medication for adults with moderate pain from limb injuries. So this was a double-blind randomized clinical trial treating the adults from pain from limb injury. Um, limb injury. Um, it compared the effects of a single-dose regimen of paracetamol and ibuprofen against the combination and against this combination with the addition of either codeine or oxycodone. So overall, the study showed that at 30 minutes, the effects of non-opioid codeine and oxycodone groups were non-inferior, and this supports that the initial use of a non-opioid combination for moderate pain from limb, limb injury is accurate. And here is um, acupuncture versus intravenous morphine, so an IV morphine, in the management of acute pain in the emergency department. So a prospective randomized non-blinded intervention trial of acupuncture versus IV morphine to treat adult patients in the ED with acute onset moderate to severe pain. So for the acupuncture group, 20 of the 150 patients had pain reduction greater than or equal to 50% at the time point of five minutes and 45 minutes. And a total of 144 patients had um, pain reduction at greater than or equal to 50%. For the morphine group, it was significantly lower than the acupuncture group with two out of 150 patients at five minutes and well, um, at 45 minutes, there was only 113 out of their 150 patients as well. Oh, sorry about that. There's a motion activator in here. Oh, okay. We're fine. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Relax. so mm -hmm. a discussion here. Um, the results of the various randomized clinical trials concluded that non-opioid medications are just as effective, maybe even more effective, uh, than opioids with, for patients presenting with acute pain. If more healthcare providers recommended non-opioid approaches for acute pain management, opioid addiction, overdoses, and abuse rates can decrease worldwide. Uh, naloxone, also known as Narcan, is a first-class response drug to overdose. Naloxone is an opioid antagonist that rapidly reverses the opioid overdose. It is given nasal, it is given as a nasal spray or it can be injected into the muscle, under the skin, or in the veins. The CDC offers free naloxone training on their website. So in conclusion, training and educating healthcare providers on alternative and safer ways to manage acute pain may help reduce the risk of opioid misuse and substance abuse disorder. Um, a healthcare provider and patient part of group shift will require offering the patient off options uh, with ongoing pain assessment evaluation. Communicating expectations to patients and providing them with self-care pain management guidance can be a harm reduction long-term strategy. And the management of acute 
and a chronic pain needs to be individualized to each patient, therein understanding the nature of its complexity. So to pre prevent overdose and opioid addiction, providers have alternative options to prescribe and administer non-opioids for acute pain management and relief. So here it states that opioid-based regimens overall are not inferior, I mean, not superior to non-opioids. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Are you done? Oh, okay. great. So thank you so much, Kennedy. You did a great job. And I just want to commend you on your just stellar work that you've done um, over the semesters. I want to say that because uh, you did this project inquiry, did you learn anything different and about when you become a nurse one day? Uh, just say you're working the e in the ER and someone comes in with a shoulder injury or a back injury. How will you change your practice? Or what will you tell the doctor or recommend to the patient? As a future nurse who has done research about um, non-opioid alternatives, if a patient presents with um, acute, moderate to severe patient, um, pain, I would definitely recommend that they try non-opioid therapy before we can prescribe opioids. And for one, it, some patients are not educated on the long-term drug or um, some patients aren't aware that overdose and substance abuse is very common and likely. Everyone just says, oh no, I'll be fine. I know how to handle it. But once they're in that pain and they get you some medication, they'll just keep coming back for more. So I will, as a future nurse, recommend that they try acetaminophen, ibuprofen in combinations or, you know, at some point, oh, if you can, if you have the time and if it's cost efficient, try acupuncture for these things. Right. I have not yet seen in a traditional hospital uh, an acupuncturist um, be as on, on staff to be able to consult on patients who are in pain. But I know that in some hospitals, you know, in other countries, that um, they are integrated into hospitals and actually treat patients with pain and other uh, medical issues. Do you think that maybe in your nursing career that that, that paradigm shift will change and will have acupuncturists uh, in traditional hospitals um, across the country uh, providing care to patients who want an alternative approach to their care. In all honesty, I do believe that one day there will, there will be an acupuncturist during my nursing career. And that is because I'll retire. Research that is being done today. I, I know that I am not the only student um, who's going into the nursing field who cares about the overdoses in their states. I'm not from Delaware, but knowing that Delaware has a third highest overdose rate in the nation in 2020 is absolutely unacceptable. Um, so there are other students and people and doctors who want to make this change. So they're definitely going to try to do more non-opioid approaches. So an acupuncturist, once those, once we start um, educating ourselves more on the other ways that we can do things such as acupuncture, we will integrate those into the hospitals moving forward in the future, the bright future.
We're going to have to, right? (laughs) So I know that one of my projects with you was to kind of push you to say, right, if you could fix this problem, you know, what would you do? Or put a Band-Aid on it. And one of the uh, recommendations that you, you know, wrote in your paper was about the importance of the community having access to Narcan. You want to talk about that? Yes. So Narcan is an opioid antagonist. And I know that there is free training on the CDC website, but I feel that there needs to be more Narcan health providers need to give out Narcan more and provide it to patients who are being prescribed these opioids in general, especially when it uh, it comes to patients who don't know how to handle their pain and their, say, a patient prescribed Percocets and their pain hasn't gone away within one hour. They just keep taking them. Their family also should be aware that they are taking this medication so that Narcan can be in use if there's an overdose. So, like I said, healthcare providers should provide that to patients who are being prescribed um, opioids, and it should be available in all emergency rooms, all clinics. It should be at, at in colleges, at the health center. It should be provided, it should be sent out for free as well. Not just the training should be available online. It should be free Narcan shipments to people's houses so that it can be used more and we can tackle this epidemic. Yes, I agree. And um, thank you so much, Kennedy, because I'm changing my practice. So any of my patients that I uh, write pain medications for, like my sickle cell patients who may need them or other patients that need them for uh, severe pain or acute pain, I am also going to make sure I prescribe Narcan um, as part of their pain plan. So I am going to include that into my clinical practice because you brought that to my attention that yes, they should all have Narcan uh, in their home and their family should also be aware where it is or have one too, just in case um, they may, you know, take too many pain pills or feel so down about something or that happens in their lives that they just, you know, overdose. So this will definitely be a tool that we can use to make sure that there's some access to Narcan um, in our community and for our patients. So I thank you so much uh, for uh, sharing that with me. See, I can learn from a student. You had to learn. I'm glad that you're um, implementing that into your practice and I hope other healthcare providers implement this as well. Good. So is there any last minute comments or things that you want to share with our community? Like anything you've learned? Or I know this challenged you, um, you know, because <laughs> you haven't started your clinicals yet. But I said, no, I know you can do this. And um, <laughs> just wanted to, yeah, put in, any further comments before we close out? Uh, I do want to say that this opportunity has been beyond what I thought it was going to be. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and it came out to be better than what I ever expected. Um, learning about opioid abuse and opioid alternatives has definitely changed my perspective of the healthcare field in general. So I know that when I go into my nursing practices, what to look for and what to try, what to change. We have to be a change in life. So I know this is something I'm definitely going to want to change, especially with um, having the history of, in my family, people using opioids or things like that. I want to be able to 
provide my studies with them. My family, everyone in my family is going to get this presentation, <laughs> and, as well as my friends and everyone. You know, it's, this has been a blessing to be able to, to conduct research with you and not only learn about opioid abuse, but learn about sickle cell and help people under, um, learn their status about sickle cell, their sickle cell status. So this has only been a blessing from God, and I thank everyone for listening and watching my presentation. Yes. So I, I thank you so much, Kennedy, and uh, we all wish you the best in your future endeavors to uh, stay connected with us as well. Um, and uh, you did a great job. So I just want to thank all of you for tuning in to Tova Health TV, Tova Tuesday. I'm Dr. Nina. If you want to listen to this episode and others, please make sure you subscribe to Tova Health TV on our YouTube channel. If you like this episode or other episodes that we are able to provide just quality health education content, please make sure that you donate to our cash app at dollar sign Tova Health. We also have a PayPal account at contact at tovacommunityhealth.org and make a donation to Tova Community Health. As you know, it takes a lot of work and time to mentor and precept students, but at Tova Community Health, we think that that's very important to serving our community and make sure that we build and mentor leaders uh, of the next generation and give them what they need to be successful in their lives. I want to thank you, Kennedy, for coming on to Tuesday today, and uh, we will be back again for another episode. Take care.